0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is January 31st, 2024. This is episode number 547 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Lozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Josh Mason, Kimberly Can Fix It, Johnny Five, Scentless, Leon Elliott, Jesse Johnson, folks over on LinkedIn like Logan Fuller and Raymond Cruz, Space Tacos getting here early, Carrie dropping jokes, Marcus Kyler with the Yeet Crew, (laughs) Excuse me, we are all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories with this hot cup of coffee and my hot takes. We're going to be shredding the face of all the cybersecurity news, empowering you to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders. And if you're looking to break into the industry, guess what? Settle in, Buttercup, because we are going to be giving you all the knowledge you need to crush the interview question. How do you stay current in the industry? This is the answer. How do you find out about cool opportunities, cool labs, cool resources? Go to Windows over to the streaming chat right there. That's the Simply Cyber community. And it's all about good times in here. So say what's up, share. Share yourself with the community. What are you doing? What's up? It's all about good times and networking, hashtag# Team SC. Now before I get into it, I want all of you to know I do not prepare or research for any of the stories we're about to cover. So you are getting my honest take, my honest opinion, and my, you know stream of consciousness, frankly, but it's all about good times. Before we get into it, I do want to know, I do want everybody to uh, know that I shout out and love to the stream sponsors who enable me to bring this show to you every single weekday morning, unfiltered, unfettered. Starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Much love to Eric Taylor and the team over there. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. If you hear that sound, either jump into a cardboard box or call Barricade Cyber. Either way. Uh, you're probably better off calling Barricade Cyber, BarricadeCyber.com for l- more information. Links in the description below. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Security. Listen, get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. If you need help in the short term, like you just need more person power to do a tabletop exercise, or maybe you've never done an enterprise risk assessment, and you'd like to bring in a qualified uh, resource to do that and shadow them so you can learn. Or maybe you want to do your FY24 information security planning and make sure you squeeze every single dollar out of that budget and get the most value for it. Whatever it is that you need help with, Panopsi Security has got the answer. Believe that. Brandon and his team know what's going on. Panopsi.com Links in the description below per huge. Now I also want to say much love to Anti Siphon. If you're taking their Active Defense Cyber Deception course, you know how good it is. And if you're going to be taking that SOC Core Skills next week, you're in for a treat. But more about them at the midroll. It is Wednesday, so we were will be going around the world in just a minute. Uh, but first, I want you all to know each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat hashtag Team SC. Hashtag Team SC in chat. Why would you do that? Because it's worth half a CPE. You could say what's up in chat and grab a screen cap. That's why chat's on stage right now. You can get the little timestamp. Put it, the screenshot, in a folder on your desktop. And at the end of the year, count up how many files you have. Multiply it by 0.5. And that's how many CPEs you got. Easiest way to get CPEs in the world. Believe me, CPEs can suck. John Hoyts in chat. John Hoyt's talking active defense for the win. That's high praise coming from a man who knows a lot about security operations and straight crushes. What's up, John Hoyt? Great to see you. All right, guys. If you're new here, today's your first episode. We Welcome to episode 547. We're straight crushing it in here every single day. But if it's your first episode, doesn't matter how you found us. You stumbled in, someone told you, whatever it is, We're happy to have you here. Welcome to the party, pal. Say what's up in chat, first timers, with a hashtag first timer in chat. We ask for the hashtag first timer simply so we can identify you and play a special sound effect and a special emote. And most importantly, welcome you to the Simply Cyber community. It's all about good times here. It's all about community and support. So if you're first time here, hashtag first timer. All right, dudes, it is Wednesday, which can mean only one thing. My favorite activity of the week, Worldwide Wednesday. Listen, Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge worthy content. Use my promo code, SIMPLYCYBER30 at checkout to get 30% off your first month or first year. This is the uh, what the site looks like right here. Uh, if you're going to jump on that, it's really good. It's uh like they got a ton of really high quality content. Daniel Lowry is one of the edutainers. Sophie Goodwin's in there. Magister with the what's up, first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Magister, good to see you. Who else we got in here for first timers? All right, Magister, first-timer. Love it, love it. Let me get you a first-timer emo too, Magister, for saying what's up. We'll give you a toasty and a first-timer. All right. All right, y'all. Here's how it works. I'm going to ask you where you are. You're going to tell me, and I frantically, frantically light the map up, and we're going to see if in two minutes we can go around the world. So let me take a slug of coffee. Let me get my my trigger finger ready and we're going to do this together. Let's roll. All right, mods, let's rock. Taking it down to 2 minutes. Where are you at everybody? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. New York City bringing United States online. I love it. Welcome to the party, New York City. Here we go. Yeehaw, Texas. Lyle Merton. Kenneth Ruff bringing Europe online. The UK's in the house. Senfellis is in Poland. Nice job, Senfellis. Europe's getting some action. Kennesaw, Georgia, Central PA. What's up, South Florida? I see you. Malawi's in the house, Tennessee, Sacramento, Australia. Oi, 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 I love it. What's up, Canada? Toronto's in the hizzy. Romania's in the house. Thailand, Johnny Fives up in here. Romania, where you at? Where you at, Romania? Bing! Bringing you online. Colorado with Justin Moore. I see you, Ohio, Philip Martin. North Dakota, nice job, I love it. Congrats, Ray, what's up, New York? I see you, hashtag Team SC. You're at the Microsoft headquarters, Mel Cobb. Alabama, India, very nice India's come online. We've got some Asia action. Paris, France. Very cool. Europe's got a lot going on. We do need Zimbabwe. Kuda Chimera bringing on Africa Online. I love it. What's up, Racing Wisconsin? Yes, the Aussie showed up today. I love it. Cali, Cali, Cali. Thanks for getting up early, Angular. Portugal's in the house. Let's get Portugal Online. Very nice. Ackworth, Georgia. Maryland. Blue Crabs. Grass Lake, Michigan. Trinidad, Tobago. Very awesome. I'll pull that up at the end because that's a tough one to get on the map here. Uh... What's up, the midnight? uh, Japan, sorry, I got excited because I saw midnight. Zimbabwe's checking in. What's up, Zimbabwe? Boom, baby, love it. Nigeria's in the house. Nigeria's pushing it hard. Everest Base Camp, Valentino, wow. All right, I saw Germany. Bing, bang, boom, Philippines in the house. We've got Pacific Rim action. Where is our – I see Malawi. I'm going to need help on where Malawi is. I forget where that is. We're going to need some uh, Turkey. We're going to need some South America. Where are you at, South America? 15 seconds. Spain. Boom, baby. Italy. Boom. Europe is in full effect today. Jesus. Ethiopia is in the house. Africa's coming on strong. What's up, D.C.? All right, y'all. Ethiopia, Spain, Nigeria, Bangladesh. Let's get some Bangladesh action. All right, let's let's take an inventory. I'm gonna go back through the mods. I'm gonna go back through the mods one second. All right, I see uh, Cambodia. Cambodia is in the house. Uh, Cambodia. Damn, where is Cambodia? That's a tough one for me. There it is, right next to Thailand. Cambodia, Australia, Congo. What? Congo, uh, that's our first Congo. Uh, I haven't seen Congo before. Welcome to the party, pal, Congo. Welcome to the party, pal. All right, we got Japan, Germany, Zimbabwe. I love it. We got all these already. Japan, Sicily, we got you, Tom. Germany, India, very nice. Bangladesh, very nice. Philippines, we got you. Malawi, I need to know where Malawi is. I, I'm Chile. Yes, I'm going back through the mods, and I'm seeing Chile. Ireland, Wales. uh, All right. Sorry, Wales. uh, It doesn't show up on the map. All right. Hey, guess what? We went around the world. Yes, sir. Nice job, everybody. My freaking favorite part of of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefs. We do a lot of stuff here during the week, but I'm telling you what. Active international representation live right now with 296 of you awesome people. This is what community is. This is what diversity is. This isn't a 30-minute webinar on what diversity is. This is diversity. We have international representation, international perspective. I love it. Thank you so very much. Someone said Paraguay's in here. We'll get South, uh, Central America online. Where is Paraguay? Bolivia. Um, there it is. Look at that. Paraguay. We got you. We got you. Love it, love it, love it. I want to say shout out to all of you for uh, helping us go around the world, but special shout out to Paraguay and Congo two countries I have not seen showing up on worldwide Wednesday and uh, we're straight crushing it Malawi I am going to learn where Malawi is. It is near Mozambique in southern Africa Malawi Malawi There it is. Yes. All right, we got it. Cool. 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 All right, everybody We did it. I love it so very much. Thank you all for uh, crushing it. Thanks to the mods. Shout out to the mods for helping me uh, stay organized during that uh, Worldwide Wednesday session. Throw some mod love. All right, guys. Guess what? We had fun. It's all about good times. However, we do have work to do. So do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news Wash over all of us in an awesome wave. I will see you at the mid-roll. Cybersecurity headlines.
1: These are the cybersecurity headlines for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm Steve Prentice. Mercedes-Benz exposes sensitive data and source code. Researchers at Red Hunt Labs discovered, during a routine internet scan, an authentication token belonging to a Mercedes employee that had been left exposed in a public GitHub repository. Cool. Speaking to TechCrunch, Shubham Mittal, co-founder and chief technology officer of Red Hunt Labs, stated, quote, the GitHub token gave unrestricted and unmonitored access to the entire source code hosted at the internal GitHub enterprise server. Vital continued, the repositories include a large amount of intellectual property, connection strings, cloud access keys, blueprints, design documents, single sign on passwords, API keys, and other critical internal information. End quote. It is not known if any customer data was contained within the repositories. TechCrunch alerted Mercedes. Oh, All right, hold on. ...on Monday and on Wednesday, a Mercedes spokesperson confirmed that the company, quote, revoked the respective API token and removed the public repository immediately, end quote.
0: Also in unrelated news, the analyst who left that key publicly exposed is walking funny today because he's got two dozen executives up his butt. Jesus, man, you've really got to be careful um, with your your keys, Okay. Um, keys are, you know, they say password in here, uh, published password, but it doesn't really, to me, this is a mistaken title. Uh, It's not a password. It was was a, a certificate that you can, so like when you log into systems, you can use a password or you can use a certificate, leveraging the wonderful world of cryptography and PKI. So This individual, Mercedes-Benz, huge company, they have an internal uh, GitHub repo resources. They probably have internal apps, internal projects, internal dev, uh, all that stuff, right? And this person, uh, unfortunately, left their private key out. I mean, this is the equivalent of like leaving your keys in your car door and going into the mall. And uh, if you don't know what a mall is, a million years ago before I had gray hair, that's where people used to do their shopping <laughs> before the internet and Amazon. So it's like doing that, or it's like leaving your your front door wide open and like going to work. You know, it's just it's just not a good look. Now it doesn't necessarily mean that the data was compromised. In this particular instance, they're saying that a, a essentially a white hat hacker company um, discovered the keys and notified Mercedes Benz in order to get it taken down. So, um, you know, so there may not have been any compromise. This is one of those examples where there's a vulnerability, there's an exposure, but they're not necessarily means there was a breach or an incident, right? A very, very important um, in the world of cybersecurity, just because you are got your hospital gown untied in the back doesn't mean anyone sees your butt, right? It just, it, it doesn't always mean that. Now, obviously, in this case, Mercedes-Benz immediately revoked the key and ensured um, that you know they're like you have to do some type of like incident response. They 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 very likely were not compromised, but you need to assure that they were not compromised. Um, very important if you are going to um if you're gonna have this kind of infrastructure, you have to do two things minimum. One, you have to educate your end users. I'm telling you guys. I say it all the time: education for end users, whether it's you know Carl in accounting or it's some privileged, you know, over-permission power user in IT. They all need education, and frankly, you're more effective if you give tailored education. So, not giving the same, like how to protect your uh, your private key, your certificates. That's not a que- that's not a discussion for Carl in accounting. That's a discussion for Kevin in IT, right? Because it'll just fall on deaf ears. But end user awareness training is so inv- so valuable in behavior modification. Whoever the um, individual was that uh, leaked this key by accident or left it publicly exposed, I guarantee you they didn't do it out of malicious intent or nefarious purposes. They just made a mistake. So. You know, accidents happen. Uh, don't get me wrong. I clicked on a fish last night. Last night, I clicked on a fish. I didn't fall for it, but I clicked on it. So mistakes happen, and you just got to be mindful of that. Uh, second, second of all, um, this particular company was doing r- routine internet-facing scans. You really, really should be doing this, whether you're using Shodan Monitor to monitor your IT infrastructure, or I haven't used this tool, but I really like um this the CTO of the company Nick Ascoli there's a tool called Fortrace they're not a sponsor or anything but um there's a there's a company called Fortrace um come on there's a company called Fortrace and Nick Ascoli runs it um whatever i don't have a good link to it but anyways they have tools that can scan your internet facing um not even your internet facing, just like the internet, and look for secrets related to your business. So <clears throat> basically, what I'm talking about is trying to be a um, trying to be proactive and discover exposures before they happen, right? Go take my cyber threat exposure management course. It's absolutely free, and you'll learn more about that. But anyways, um this is a butt puckering moment. Um, for Mercedes Benz. And I hope, I hope that they weren't compromised. Also, by the way, you really should look at permissions. Like this guy, this guy's key had access to everything. You know what you shouldn't do with all due respect, right? Click and set permissions to everyone. Like when we're do- like, okay, here's the deal. I, this is, this is hard to do, but welcome to cybersecurity. You can't just give everyone access to everything. It is easy to do that because they don't come back. They don't call your phone. They don't open a help desk ticket because they don't need help. They just access everything. The problem is they can access everything, which means A, if they stumble into the wrong place, they could could be an insider threat. But more importantly, in instances like this, someone gets their creds or their key, and they have access to everything. What you really should do, I think it's AC6, Dipping back into my old um, NIST 853 days. It's either AC6 or AC7. Least privilege. You should only give people access to things they need access to to do their job. Period. Full stop. It's hard to do. But this guy's key gave access. This is like a God mode. Like he could access everything. So I don't know if he's like the number one uh engineer at mercedes-benz so he had to have access to everything but chances are no chances are whoever created this key was like i don't want to be called on the weekend like access to everything go
1: done and done juniper networks issues out of band fix for high severity flaws these vulnerabilities tracked as cve 2024 21619 and 21620 Are, quote, rooted in the JWeb component of Juniper Network's Junos OS on SRX series and EX series. These are flaws that could be exploited by a threat actor to take control of susceptible systems, end quote. Cybersecurity firm Watchtower Labs has been credited with discovering and reporting the issues. As a temporary workaround until the patches are deployed, Juniper Networks recommends that users disable Jweb or restrict access to only trusted hosts.
0: All right, another win. By the way, just really okay, so let me tell you about this then I'll 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 deviate for a second. If you're running Juniper, high severity flaw, you got to patch it. Ah, oh, you got to patch it. And I get with networking devices it can be difficult to patch them or take them offline for maintenance because they're typically mission critical. They're typically delivering packets left and right. Um, you can't, you can't have the, uh, you can't have the lady who's operating the bridge up and down to let boats go through. You can't uh, have her take the day off to go get checked out for uh, maintenance, right? Um, without having some solution for the bridge going up and down, right? So you got to do it during patch management or maintenance windows, or you got to have hot secondary infrastructure to swap over to. So I get it, I get it. Uh, patching these things isn't easy. However, what I would say, if you're running Juniper, uh, this sounds like a pretty high severity, uh, issue. They do have a workaround by disabling some web front end. Sounds like an admin portal of some sort. Um, obviously that's going to introduce friction and burden to your, uh, your IT infrastructure people, your network engineers. This is one of those times where information security and IT deviate a little bit, and I hope to God you've been bringing your IT counterparts Krispy Kreme donuts on Wednesdays, um, because now this is where you're going to cash in some of your uh, political capital uh, in or your goodwill in order to get a win. Um, I got to tell you guys, I've seen so many times, I've seen so many times where uh, I've this is based on real experience, right? Like I've seen times where like, Hey, we really need you to fix this. Okay. This is important. They're like, all right, we'll do it during the maintenance window on Saturday night. Okay. Like every first Saturday of the month from seven to 10 PM. Okay. That's fine. That's next Saturday. So like fine. Um, and then the maintenance window comes. Okay. The maintenance window is three hours and IT being advised by the CIO and the business. And I don't I don't, I'm not throwing shade at IT. They're doing what they've been told to do, but IT will run updates for new features. Like, they, they, like patching for security is not as high as like getting the new emoji keyboard or, you know, I'm being facetious on this, but, but my, my point is a lot of times the, the, the maintenance window will come and go and there wasn't enough time to get to all the things on the maintenance window punch list and, and you get, you get, you know, dashed to the side and like, well, don't worry, we got another maintenance window in 28 days. And you're like, oh my God. But obviously if you have built a relationship with your IT counterparts, if you have a strong governance and the CIO is pro InfoSec, you can get your, your, um, security patches elevated in the maintenance window, uh, queue, but just know that, uh, either that, or you have somebody like DJ BSEC, uh. <laughs> working in i t who actually uh you know appreciates infosec and can do that so um that's what's up uh with that but by the way uh, fun fact seriously bring some donuts to your i t people they'll love it they'll love it, love it, love it, love it, and don't do it here's the thing here there's a pro tip don't bring the donuts to them and then immediately say by the way, we've got this you've got to you've got to do it for just to do it, just to like hook them up, right? If you do it and then immediately give them this, they're like, oh, all right. Like, So you actually don't care about us. You're trying to buy us, right? I mean, you could do it that way. It depends on the relationship you have. I'm just saying broker good relationships, especially with IT and HR. That's another good one to broker relationships with. And uh, the engineering team, if you can, if you have one of those. Finally, what I want to say about this: this is a great opportunity to um, share uh, some some guidance for you guys. Listen, I talk about the value of networking all the time, all the time. Networking is so freaking important in our industry. Okay, you can, you can. I mean, obviously, you can um, walk. You can walk up the hill and you can stride by yourself and you can can blaze that trail all the way up yourself. No big deal. But if there's a, you can climb the mountain yourself. But if literally there's a gondola right here and on top of the gondola, it says networking and community. And there's like eight people in the gondola and the gondola is just going up the mountain. You're still going to get to the same location. One of them is a much more enjoyable, pleasant experience than the other one. I'm just saying, Networking is super valuable, and why I bring it up is because this story right here, as well as the first story we covered, both of these issues were discovered by white hat hacker companies. Now, obviously, they're pub- publishing it for free um, PR and you know marketing purposes, but you know what? I'd rather they do this and deliver some value to the community than take out you know. Uh, um, whatever, a half a million dollar booth at Black Hat, right? Like this, this adds value and it le- further legitimizes the talent. It's social proof of the talent at the organization. So why am I telling you all this? Don't sleep on doing research and discovering vulnerabilities and bugs and working through, vulner- um, um, oh my God, responsible disclosure to organizations and potentially getting yourself identified as a security researcher and you're helping out a
1: business they might even hire you okay okay new zloader malware now with 64-bit windows compatibility two years after the zloader botnet was dismantled this new variant comes with changes to the loader module which quote adds rsa encryption updates the domain generation algorithm and is now compiled for 64-bit windows operating systems end quote. This is according to researchers at Zscaler Threat Labs. Paraphrasing the lab's analysis for brevity here, some of its new features include junk code and string obfuscation to resist analysis efforts, each artifact having a specific file name to be executed on the compromised host, encrypting the static configuration using RC4 with a hard-coded alphanumeric key to conceal information related to the campaign name and the command and control servers. It has also been observed relying on an updated version of the domain generation algorithm as a fallback measure in the event the primary C2 servers are inaccessible.
0: All right. So Z Loader, Zeus, Banking Trojan, Zbot, I, I, I've heard it called too. Um, interesting. So um, it says it's resurfacing after two years. Uh, after two years of being quiet, ZooSpot used to be like, uh, really, really, um, like all over the place. Like it was almost as like, it was almost as like prevalent as like Emotet was. Uh, so this is a 64 bit version. Um, you know, I would argue, um, whoops, I would argue, um, I don't know. You tell me chat. Okay. 32-bit, 64-bit. I I get like what's going on, how it's accessing more uh, memory um, space and and stuff like that. But like the a 32-bit version of Z loader and a 64-bit version of Z loader, it 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 doesn't to me it doesn't matter. It's it's the functionality and the capability that's coded into the program, whether or not it's 64-bit compatible or not. I, I you know what I mean? Because Windows, correct me if I'm wrong, but Windows can run 32-bit applications fine right? So the fact that it's 64-bit compatible doesn't mean that it's going to work on more Windows machines now. Um, this, uh, this is interesting, this coming back. Obviously, um, the Microsoft Digital Crime Unit uh, dismantled and took down 65 domains. Uh, pretty, pretty awesome uh, back in 2015, I think, or 2000, uh, excuse me, 2022. And now they're back. So the humans behind this one the humans behind this one uh, have been working diligently. They were obviously making an A-load of money off of this malware, and they it's their money and they want it now. JG Wentworth of threat actors. So anyways, TLDR, this is a, a pretty effective piece of malware. The fact that it's launched back out, I'm sure, uh, indicates that um, they've tested it. These are sophisticated threat actors. They're, they're financially motivated. They're not nation states, but they are all about straight cash, homie, okay? Straight cash, homie. So what I would advise for you to do is shields up, educate your end users on not just uh, phishing emails, which you have some control over, but you could see malicious search engine ads. So, you know, like they, like they could be sponsoring malware posts. Um, you know, trying to do typo squatting and, and, and trick people. Just educate your end users because that is the initial infection vector for this malware. And um, it sucks. But you know what? That's why we, that's honestly why we have a job and why we have to be vigilant, right? No days off, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so the, and that's the reality of InfoSec. It's, it's a hard job because it's demanding.
1: Semron seeks to replace chip transistors with MEM capacitors. The German company Semron, S-E-M-R-O-N, has created 3D-scaled chips that can run AI models on smartphones, earbuds, VR headsets, and mobile devices. These chips use electrical fields to perform calculations rather than currents, which allows for greater efficiencies in operation and manufacture. As described in TechCrunch, the chips use a mem capacitor, which is a capacitor with the memory to run computations. The majority of computer chips are made of transistors, which, unlike capacitors, cannot store energy. They merely act like on off switches. A link to the article, which has more details about the technology, is available in the show notes to this episode.
0: Did, okay, so quick question. One, are, did they add AI to this story for SEO? For search engine optimization to rank higher, <laughs> um, all right. So this is more on the um, the hardware side of things, uh, and it says replace chip transistors with mem capacitors. Now, if y- if you don't know transistors, the fundamental element of modern computing. It basically looks like the flux capacitor, okay? That's, that's basically what, tra- look, I, I'm pretty sure the flux capacitor was actually modeled after a transistor. You, it looks like a Y, right? And the power comes up and it either goes zero or it goes one, zero or one. It's a bit, it's a zero or one. You put enough of these transistors together and you can have zeros and ones all over the place, which can compute up into bits and bytes and memory and data and storage and apps and 64 bit Z loader malware, okay? But here's the thing, uh, Moore's Law, let's take it to the classroom. Moore's Law says, yeah, thank you. Um, thank you, uh, mods. We'll get some uh, flux capacitor action here. All right, so Moore's Law says that the computing power will double every 18 months. And it's been pretty consistent but we've actually uh, started accelerating Moore's law. But here's the thing, now that I've studied uh, quantum computing, the deal is the, the reason we're, at, we're able to make more powerful processors and chips is because we're able to make the transistors smaller, right? Smaller tech, smaller everything. Well, at some point, literally, it will become like physics, will get involved and you will not be able to make the transistors any smaller. You can make them so small, but at some point they'll be so small that they'll literally be bumping into each other at like the atomic level. Like you just can't, like you can't get them. There, there's, a, there's a boundary on how small you can make transistors before they start to have like interference basically. And that's one of the benefits of quantum computing is that it can accept, it, 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 that doesn't matter to quantum computing. So these people are saying, let's replace transistors. Um, okay, here's the deal. <laughs> we'll see where this goes. This seems interesting. But guy, the, the internet, modern computers, hardware, chipsets, all of them, they use transistors, blueprints, patents, manufacturing. Um, and like when you're manufacturing chips, I mean, we're talking very, very precise manufacturing. You're going to throw that all out to invent a new tech called mem capacitors. Now, don't get me wrong. If there's potential in it, this could be a paradigm shifting, societal shifting uh, technology advancement. So I'm not I'm not poo pooing it for that. I'm just saying it. It's really, really a massive lift to transition off of transistors. Uh, they're talking about 3D scaled chips. That's got a cool buzzword to it. Um, let's see. They use electrical fields to perform calculations instead of electrical currents. All right. I mean, this is like way over my head from like a physics and, you know, I I would invite if there's an, a, a a double E in here, an electrical engineer, uh, I invite you to get in there. I will say just as a quick side, the smartest people I've ever met, literally smartest people I've ever met consistently are uh, people with double E degrees. I've, I've, Dr. Keith Jones, guy I graduated with Dakota State University. He's a double E, smartest person. He might be the smartest person I've ever met, frankly. But um, anyways, so the- I leave it to the double E people for this one. Uh, but to me, this seems like a cool concept, but I don't know how um, basically money. Cash, homie. I don't see how money is going to want to rip up their existing manufacturing processes for this. All right. So really quickly, Richard Moulton is saying computers are slow because they have to move data to the transistor. The tech combines compute and storage. See, I think Ethereum Zurich HPC research. Okay. So, hey, definitely, definitely asking people uh, to check this out. It seems interesting, but it's, it's way beyond me. This is a double E thing. Come on, where, where's the mid roll?
1: And now, a word from our sponsor, Vanta. Marcus Kyler, our from local dozens double of E. From spreadsheets and screenshots yeah. to fragmented tools and manual security reviews, managing the requirements for modern compliance and security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta is the leading trust management platform that helps you centralize your efforts to establish trust and enable growth across your organization. Over 6,000 companies partner with Vanta to automate compliance, strengthen security posture, streamline security reviews, and reduce third-party risk. To learn more, go to Vanta.com CISO and watch their three-minute product demo. That's Vanta, V-A-N-T-A dot slash CISO.
0: All right. Hey, I love Alpha yeah. Sierra. Uh, With a quick uh, Breakfast Club reference, if you caught it. Guys, it's the mid-roll. This is what we do. All right, guys. Love it, love it, love it. If you're getting entertainment value, if you're getting educational value, if you're getting any value whatsoever, hit the like button on YouTube. It goes a very long way to helping others discover the channel. What's up, Frank Cumberland? He's driving and wants to read that article. Absolutely, Frank. Hey, if you do read it, Frank, would love some feedback on what your thoughts are on it. If anyone reads that article, uh, let's talk. All right, guys. Hey, I want to say shout out to the stream sponsors again, Barricade, Cyber, Panops. I love those guys, but also Anti-Siphon Training. Y'all, Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by providing high quality, cutting edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position. AntiSiphon offers students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and engage with their community in a fun and inclusive way. They recently hired Zach Hill. Big fan of Zach Hill. That's the kind of people AntiSiphon's running around with, and it's all about good times. If you would like, you many of you are in the Active Defense and Cyber Deception course right now, but don't worry. There's still time to register for the SOC Core Skills course with John Strand next week. You you will not be able to register for it if you're trying to register next week. The class is next week. There's just a little bit of time left to register. If you have the bandwidth and you want to learn some awesome fundamental foundational skills or refresh yourself and make sure you got a tight baseline, SOC Core Skills is where it's at. Use the link in the description below. It takes you directly to the SOC Core Skills registration page. You can pay $0. So now the question becomes, is it important to you? Do you want to make it a priority to go to this course and learn from one of our industry's best. I leave it to you to make the decision. Christopher Whitlock said that we rated the course this week. I love it. Way to go. Simply cyber community, killing it. All right guys. Hey, I want to say really quickly, simply cyber, simply cyber community challenge. I got this amazing opportunity for you to level up and blow up your professional network. If you would like to crush your professional network and just blow it up um, in a very meaningful way, go onto LinkedIn. Search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. We created it. We pushed it. It is working. Ask anyone in chat who's done it. It is massively valuable. Go search for the hashtag. Connect with the people and comment on the posts with the people who are posting with it. Those are the baton holders. One person a day gets the baton. I'm telling you, connect and comment, and you will get picked up with the people commenting. So the next person coming through will connect with you. Two weeks time, five minutes a day, you will get uh, a blown up professional network. Now the baton holder, Martin Clark, Martin Clark is in chat. Martin Clark, please, uh, is looking for someone to take the baton. So if you would like to be the next baton holder for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, raise your hand and let's go. All we ask is if you do, you go on to LinkedIn, you post your cyber story. Why do you love Simply Cyber? Why do you love cybersecurity? Why do you show up for the daily threat briefing? What are you doing? How is cybersecurity impacting your life? What are your career goals? Whatever you want to tell, tell that story. Use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and tag me, Gerald Dozier, and we will blow it up and blow up your professional network in a meaningful way. I love the Simply Cyber Breakfast Club. All right, let's get back to the news, y'all.
1: ChatGPT leaks passwords from users' private conversations. In a story relayed to Ars Technica, a person by the name of Chase Whiteside described his discovery while using ChatGPT to devise clever names for colors in a palette. Upon returning to his research the following morning, conversations appeared in his history that had not been there before. These chats were private conversations that, quote, contained multiple pairs of usernames and passwords that appeared to be connected to a support system used by employees of a pharmacy prescription drug portal, end quote. The conversations appeared to belong to people trying to troubleshoot the portal due to its poor design. An OpenAI representative said the company was investigating the report.
0: Oh my God. Okay. So a couple of things here. One, Martin Clark, thanks for sharing. And Mark jo- uh, Johansson Stanley, Ooh. welcome to the party, pal. Go uh, share your story on LinkedIn. Use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and let's blow it up. Welcome to the party, pal. All right. So open AI, um, guys, you got to remember. So open AI, everybody's been using it um, I use it. You probably use it. I've got videos on the channel on how to use it. But you've got to remember, dude, so many people are slapping, you know, AI enabled on their product and, and, and just basically having a backend API call to ChatGPT. Anything you put into ChatGPT, whether it's directly through the website or it's through an API call, you should assume no privacy, no security, no confidentiality unless you have contractually written it with a contract in OpenAI, where they said your data will be segmented, your data will be secured, your data will not be in the major ecosystem of all this, then you should assume your data can be commingled. Now, this is a bug because uh, if you've used ChatGPT, there's like a history. So you can go back and like, say I have a... um, a conversation going for late night with Jerry, my new show coming out at the end of, uh, well, we'll be filming in April. Um, so say I've got a chat going for that, but then I've got another chat going for Cyber 101 and like how to like, m- you know, make a, a, a promotional video for it or whatever. Like I, those are two different things. So I want to be able to jump back into one or jump back into one. And that's the utility of it. This guy is saying he was basically just looking to make up names for crayons, colors, or you know, pink colors or whatever, and then all of a sudden he went into his chat history, and there's like a bunch of other stuff. Now, the fact that there were um, username and passwords in here is just a coincidence. Uh, obviously, the tech support people at this pharmaceutical company were trying to do tech support, and I'm assuming I'm assuming like whatever um, system they're using for uh, ticket ticket management and stuff. Had a chat GPT backend that got that pushed this in there. So I'm not even going to get mad. Honestly, as I'm thinking about this again, I don't, I don't research these stories in advance. The more I think about it, this is not a problem for the pharmaceutical people, right? They, when they put in the username and password, I have to assume that they did not log into chat GPT and they're dropping this stuff in here. They probably were using some service ticketing system that that system had chat ChatGPT uh, APIs built into it. So there really is a supply chain, um, s- software supply chain risk kind of associated with this, especially if the ticketing system assured um, data security for their clients, including this pharmaceutical company. So there really could be like a third party risk um, again, ooh, third-party risk. I, I'm always trying to bring that into the conversation. This could be a third-party risk that people are taking on without even knowing it. Uh, really need to be careful uh, ever documenting passwords in um, documents, <laughs> right? Unless, unless you're documenting it to send it to the user and they have to change their password on initial login. But um, yeah, you got to be careful with that.
1: Keenan warns of data breach after summer cyber attack. The California-based insurance brokerage and consulting firm that focuses primarily on education, healthcare, and public agencies' sectors is warning 1.5 million customers that hackers accessed their personal information in a recent cyberattack. The company, which has since 2017 been part of Assured Partners NL, one of the largest brokerage firms in the U.S., says the stolen information is PII, including social security numbers, passport numbers, and driver's license numbers. They are offering two years of free identity theft protection, and they remind people to be vigilant regarding phishing attempts.
0: They also want you to know that they take your privacy and security quite seriously. enjoy the uh, the the stacked identity theft and protection. Um, okay, so this is making news simply because um the state of Maine has pretty strict uh, privacy and um Data breach notification laws. It says one and a half million people. That might just be one and a half million main residents. I'm not sure. Uh, by the way, like not to like poo-poo this, because one million people's uh sensitive information is quite a bit. And 10 years ago, um, 10 years ago, it, it would have it like this would have been the lead story. Our faces would have been melting. We would have been bah! but in reality, in 2024, like um, like just like <laughs> earlier this week, <laughs> right? January 29th, 2024. 26 billion records, 26 billion records. Okay, like hold my beer, <laughs> hold my beer, main story. I, I, I Your one and a half million uh, PII data breach is cute. It, honey, come over here and look at the cute 1.5 million People data breach over here. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. It's got like little anime eyes. Wow. So, I mean, it it sucks. It is suck, but like in our current climate, you know, this is like a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, right? So, anyways, not good. I wish more states honestly had uh reporting laws like Maine, um, in California, um, in South Carolina. Whoop, whoop. Uh, South South Carolina's privacy uh, data breach reporting laws are kind of aggressive, though. Uh, you got to report in like 72 hours. But anyways, I digress. Okay, let's keep going.
1: Last year was a record breaker for ransomware, says Corvus. The cyber underwriters analysis of ransomware attacks for 2023 describes it as at a record high, with activities surpassing 2022 totals by 68%. Despite takedowns by law enforcement of ALF v. Black Cat and QuackBot, a total of 4,496 total leak site victims was reported. Key driving factors, the report says, are threat actor resilience and more active ransomware groups. The transportation, logistics, and storage industries experienced consistent ransomware increases throughout 2023, especially with LockBit 3.0, largely due to this industry's sensitivity to business interruption, which, quote, presents an attractive target to threat actors, end quote. A link to the Corvus report is available in the show notes to this episode.
0: All right. So, hey, this is a really uh, interesting report.
1: Regulators!
0: I do, I do enjoy a good, um, you know, year in review report that can, you know, be somewhat actionable. Uh, so I would recommend this is from an insurance company. Okay guys, insurance companies, guess what? They're like, um, they're like your doctor. Okay. (laughs) Like your doctor, like you might, you might, you know, whatever, like, Whatever, whatever. But you know what? Doctors know the absolute truth because everybody tells their doctor pretty much everything. Uh, insurance companies know the truth, right? You're not going to be able to make an insurance claim unless you tell them exactly what happened. The second you call your insurance company, which is like one of the first things you do, they they initiate an incident response. They get all up in the mix. They are the ones who have the receipts on all the things, even the things that are not publicly um, um, announced, okay? So my, my ears perk up when I see a insurance company releasing cyber breach and ransomware intel. This is well-grounded research data. Okay, so first of all, thank you, Corbis, for doing that. Let's take a look at the key takeaways. Due to law enforcement actions, way to go, law enforcement. I do love a good uh, Europol, Interpol, uh, FBI joint strike. The number of ransomware leak site victims posted in Q4 was lower, but only by 7%. So keep fighting the good fight, y'all. Uh the number of ransomware groups active grew by one third between Q1 and Q4. Uh, you know what? Uh just, just to provide some uh, context, the number of groups increased, but like let's be real. When a threat actor group gets popped, right? Like um Revil or Conti. Or, or, you know, wizard, spider, whatever you want to call it. Um, or or uh, I can't even think of the other ones that got busted up uh, recently. But anyways, if they don't get all the players, right? If they don't root out all of the uh, infection, the the people behind it, right? So they just arrest some of them. The ones who don't get arrested, they splinter, okay? Maybe they rejoin others. Maybe they um, recruit new members, whatever. But you know they'll just pop back up. So when I like when I see ransomware groups active increased, what I think is I, I'd be curious to see how many like ransomware threat actor humans uh, increased, right? Because I because like if one group gets uh, raided and they turn into three groups, well that's the three hundred percent increase. But in reality, it's actually a decrease in the number of threat actors doing the work. So you know we'll see what those numbers uh, indicate. Threat actors in Q4 proved resilient in the face of law enforcement, switching from QBot to Peekabot to Darkgate. Yeah, exactly. Software is software, guys. You can copy it. You can paste it. You can put it on a floppy disk and throw it in a in a um, safe. You could have you know, C2 infrastructure and backup infrastructure uh, snapshotted and be able to roll it out. Like, dudes, like when we as practitioners talk about business continuity, disaster recovery, hot infrastructure to switch over to, warm infrastructure to be able to spin it up quickly. Ransomware is just a business. It's illegal, but it's just a business. So they introduce the same type of best practices and resiliency uh, capabilities into their workflows. I'm not surprised. Dude, if you had a, I'm saying a dude a lot today. I don't even know why I'm doing that. If you have a money printing machine, right? (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't you do everything in your power to make sure the money keeps getting printed? Ransomware is a blight. It is incredibly lucrative. It has very low chance of getting brought to justice for committing it. So it's a perfect storm of, you know, situation for threat actors. So yeah, they're going to have the capability to get back up and operational as quickly as possible. Okay. Final takeaway, external vulnerabilities played a significant role in breaking ransomware activity records throughout 2023. Yeah. I mean, guys, al- alone, alone, the progress, um, move it bug alone, clop ransomware hit like millions of, uh, of, well, at least, uh, tens of thousands of, um, businesses, millions of records were taken. Uh, That alone, that alone in 2023 um, probably skewed all the numbers there.
1: Canadian malware actor gets two years. The Ontario Court of Justice imposed a sentence on Matthew Filbert, 33, who pled guilty in October to charges of fraud and unauthorized access to computers and who left more than 1,100 victims in his wake. Among these was a family from whom he stole $10,000 three Canadian police departments, and the Ronald McDonald House Charity in oh, Halifax, Nova Scotia.
0: What a horrible person! Gilbert has
1: also been indicted by the state of Alaska for attempting to, quote, cause damage without authorization to a protected computer owned by the state of Alaska, in 2018, potentially affecting medical data, end quote. His activities, which allegedly involve unnamed co-conspirators, were based on phishing emails containing resumes that delivered malware that allowed takeovers of victims' computers.
0: I I, I tell you what I like I maybe I'm maybe I'm just too close to this, and I'm over prioritizing it because I see it all the time. But dude, this 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 reminds me of that um, trickbot developer who got five years, five, four months in prison for like screwing like millions of dollars out of businesses and stuff. This guy gets two years in prison and he stole from like 1100 people, robbed a family and he robbed Ronald McDonald house. That's like kicking uh, like an elderly person who's fallen down. Like, what are you doing for like, first of all, what are you doing? How broken is your moral compass? And secondly, two years, Canada, what are we doing? I I hope this guy gave up some more intel to like get a bigger fish or something because two years, two years, I mean, I don't want to go to prison for two seconds. Okay. But it just seems like two years is a light sentence for this guy, um, running like basically, um, I mean, he, he, he's a criminal, He's coordinating ransomware and malware attacks on private citizens, businesses, government agencies he attacked. If you punch a cop, that is a serious offense. But apparently, if you ransomware a police station, uh, we're all right here. What are you doing? I don't know. It sounds like he's being indicted in uh, the United States and Alaska right here, a separate indictment. Canada and Alaska does have very friendly relationships, so extradition would absolutely happen. Uh, let's see what, um, let's see what the United States does with this guy. Kiss me How about Reminder this? to
1: join us for an electrifying hour of cybersecurity. All right, there we go.
0: We are at eight fifty-seven. almost nailed it. Holla, holla, holla. I want to say really quickly, if you were here just for the news, before you go, I want to remind everybody that my friend Tyler Ramsby, an amazing YouTuber content creator Pentester Tester is going to be my guest on Simply Cyber Live. Simply Cyber Live is a one-hour live stream uh, guest interview podcast I do on Thursdays at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This week, it's Tyler Ramsby. This guy's awesome. He spoke at Simply CyberCon. Very inspiring. He's going to come on and talk about finding CBEs. The guy, I'm telling you, if you can get CBEs on your resume, you're a baller. Straight baller. So come out tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. I'll drop a link in chat. I'll talk about it tomorrow. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. All right, guys. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. It is uh, Wednesday, so I'm going to do some jaw jacking if you want to hang out and have a good time. Um, but if not, thank you very much. I hope you got value from the show. Come back tomorrow every single weekday morning at 8 a.m., Hold on, what's so funny? Justin Gold is laughing at me because I said Tyler's my friend. I-, I don't get it. All right, hey, if you were here just for the news, be well. Have a great Wednesday. Go out there and crush it. Best of luck to all of you in crushing your goals today. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Time to get into some jaw and Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jerry Guy. We're kicking it AMA style with the jaw jacking. Let me get more comfortable here as I take off my Black Hills Information Security Hooked Hacker Recca hoodie, so I can show my Black Hills Malware T-shirt. Body by uh, Black Hills is what I'm going. Oh, Jesus! Uh, Body by Black Hills is what I'm going with here. So what's up, everybody? Hope you're having a great day. That was a great show. Great show, super pumped. I got news for you guys. Uh, I'll answer any questions, obviously. But uh, I got some news for you. I, uh, I left the studio last night at 6 p.m. This is the studio, the Buffer Osier Flow Studio. I left the studio at 6 p.m. last night and I walked into my house and I gave my wife, Mrs. Osier, a great big hug and I told her Cyber 101 is done. We had a moment and then onto the next thing. I'm very, very excited. Cyber 101 is done. I'm making a little promotional video uh, to launch it. I've got uh, students from Mount Wachusett Community College enrolling today and uh, I'm gonna be opening it up to the larger community probably uh, tomorrow uh, or Monday. Um all right. So Zach Morrison wants to know what are CVEs and J E and Michelle. I will talk about the TV show in a minute. Uh so what are CVEs J.E. and Michelle asks. Let me show you. So J E and Michelle, when when we talk about these stories, uh where's where's the Juno's one? This story right here, right? We covered it in the daily cyber threat brief, high severity flaws found, right? And you could see here, the vulnerabilities are tracked as CVE-2024 and CVE-202421620. So a CVE is basically a uniquely identified vulnerability. It's typically tied to a piece of technology. The the convention is CVE-the year it was discovered And then a unique number. The number does not indicate that there's been 21,619 prior vulnerabilities discovered this year, large companies like Microsoft and Google and stuff, they get allocated just a batch of numbers. And then there's a batch of numbers for like, you know, mere mortals. Right? So Tyler Ramsby, my guest tomorrow, he has found CVEs, right? So when he finds a CVE if it's with if it's with some non major technology it'll it'll get pulled from that list of numbers okay so that's what CVEs are and because of it we as practitioners can say hey like CVE 202421619 are we susceptible to it are we vulnerable to it have we patched it oh like a threat actor's written an exploit that exploits vulnerability CVE-2024-21619. Okay, so it allows us as practitioners to have a common conversation. Now, a CVE needs to be discovered by somebody, and that is valuable. So if you, like I said in the show, these uh, researchers at, uh, where were they? Cybersecurity firm Watchtower Labs has been credited with discovering the issue. So the Watchtower Labs crew, the people there, they can put on their resume that they discovered CVE202421620, right? And having a CVE on your resume is basically straight cash, homie. Like you are, it's, 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 it's indisputable evidence that can be independently validated that you found something no one else had found. And identified it um, as as a vulnerability that could be exploited. Okay. All right. So that answers that question. Uh, we talked to uh, Jane. Michelle wants a question about the um, TV show. And by the way, I think someone else asked that question about Zach Morrison asked that question. I'm sorry, Zach. Hopefully uh, that answered your question. Night TV. Want to share this with everybody. um let's see see what's up here boom it's a late night with Jerry you can see Alyssa's posted this on her channel my late night show is coming out um we're gonna start principal filming in April I definitely want to um here's night studios boom look at this Top villain, what's up? Throw it up on the marquee. Boom! So, uh, for those who don't know, I I have entered into contract with Night Studios for for a one of a kind, never been done before late night talk show with a cybersecurity angle to it. We're gonna have guests. It's gonna be a straight talk show, right? I'm gonna have an opening monologue. I'm gonna have guests. We're gonna do all sorts of fun stuff. It, it's gonna be filming. Um, it's going to be filming here and, uh, it'll, you can see it says coming summer, 2024 season one. I'm super excited about this. Um, you know, I'll talk to the studio about what I can share and what I can't share. I'll try to, I'll I'll still be um, doing the daily cyber threat briefing when I go out for, uh, filming and I'll keep everybody as informed as I can, but it's going to be super cool. I'm super excited about it. And, um, I hope you guys are too. Um let's see what else we got here. Uh and th- thank you for all the support everybody. Uh Angular asks, what do you think about the Cisco CyberOps certificate? Well, let me take a look. Cisco Cyber Ops cert. Let's take a look together Angular, okay? All right, Cisco CyberOps cert. Let's take a look. Um No prerequisites, valid for three years. What's the exam topics about? Security concepts, security monitoring, host-based analysis, intrusion policies. All right, so this seems very practical. This seems hands-on. This does seem um, more focused on security operations. This seems uh, very tied to security operations um, and a little bit of GRC, gotta love GRC. Uh, The one thing I would say is, um, I would say this, uh, it looks like a good cert. If you can get your uh, business to pay for it, definitely do it. But uh, Cisco Cyber Ops Certification. You let me know if this is the right way to search this, but here's what I'm thinking. Whenever I'm trying to uh, uh, understand value of a cert, what is the market asking for? Are we Is the market saying we're hiring people for this particular cert? Now, I, it's hard for me to search because the word Cisco is basically dominating this query. Is there a way to... Hold on. Is there a way to... If if anyone in chat has thoughts about Cisco CyberOps, let me know. But it's hard for me to look. I guess what I would just say is it looks good if you want to be a SOC analyst, Angular. I guess that's the TLDR. It looks good if you want to be a SOC analyst. What's up, Nick Barker in the house? All right. All right. Keeping going here. Darius Cater says, is the CC enough background to be able to take and understand the GRC masterclass? Yeah. So um, Darius Cater is asking about the GRC analyst masterclass. That's my class uh, that I taught. And it it, it teaches you basically fundamentals of um, GRC analyst work, right? Um, Hands-on skills for end-user awareness training, risk assessment, audit, and uh, policy and procedure uh, development um, I, for what it's worth, uh, Darius, I actually have a primer in my course because I, I assume students will have no. Uh, I, I want no prerequisites for my courses. So, um, having said that, yes, the ISC squared CC curriculum will will be very helpful uh, in being getting more value out of my GRC Analyst Masterclass. Go for it. All right. So Tim McDonald says outside of DMARC, DKIM and SPF, what other controls to prevent phishing emails would you recommend? Well, number one is education for your end users. For sure, Tim McDonald. I know that's not a technical control, but you want to get into that. Also, if you can, um, like if you, depends on how you do email, but I will say a more robust professional email security gateway is definitely uh, valuable exchange online protection is excellent proof point is excellent basically you want an email gateway that has the ability to dynamically pull in threat intel feeds and dynamically adjust the um the the uh the phishing policies basically so that way if my company uses microsoft online exchange online excuse me and we we see some phishing campaign going on and we're reporting it your company automatically benefits from it because Microsoft is going to update those things dynamically and, and control flow. Uh plus, you know, you get more granular level controls and stuff like that. So that's what I would say. DMARC, DKim SPF. Definitely throw it in there, but um, there's more you can do. Uh Chris Young, is the late night show going to have musical guest performances on each episode? Not that I know of. Uh that would be interesting though, for sure. Uh for I will tell you, I got I I got um I'm probably going to talk about the the late night talk show very little or in little detail. The studio wants to be the one to uh, disclose updates and, you know, all all the stuff with the show. So I'll just, all I'll say is the late night show is coming. I'm excited. And, um, uh, you know, I'll I'll share as much of that journey with you as I can. Carrie says, Jerry, who's going to be your sidekick when Johnny Carson had his late night show? That's funny. Uh, Season one, uh, I'm not sure. We'll, We'll see, Carrie. All right. Um, are you going to tell jokes? Lagrot asks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll try. I'll try to tell jokes. You guys tell me if it's funny. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to get James McQuiggan. Now that would be something. James McQuiggan at thirty five thousand feet, riding, riding next to me on the couch. <laughs> um, that's really funny. Jason Bagwell, dude. If I'm if I become the Johnny Carson of cybersecurity, that would be insane. That would be like a, a total home run. Um, I I don't know. To me. Um, the concept of the show, it's never been done before. Honestly, the way I do content, I don't know if you guys agree with this or not. It's it's how I feel the way I do content. Yes. I kind of look at how other people do it to get ideas and inspiration, but like, I just do, I just do what I want to do and how I would want it to be like, like the, the daily cyber threat briefing. There's a couple other, um, Content creators out there that do morning cyber news daily, right? But a lot of them are kind of similar and I would argue the way I do it is different. So um, You know, I'm, I'm trying we're, this show. It's gonna be I'm heavily heavily involved in the creative direction of the show um, So we'll see I'm not just the host um, Okay, let's see here that Jerry guy is so hot right now.
1: That Hansel's so hot right now.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. So Zach Morrison, this is going to be released on Night uh Night TV Plus or Night Plus. I think it's Night TV Plus. It's a streaming service. Um you could see it um Yeah, here here's a link to the um the stu- to the studio and their um and all that stuff so you can check it out. Um, let's go. Kimberly, the ethical hacking on the Cisco skills for all is better than cyber ops. Okay. So Richard, uh, Gacharu has experience here. Richard Gacharu is saying the ethical hacking on the Cisco skills is better. So check that out. If you're interested in pen testing, Ray Sanchez says yesterday, I passed the ISC two certified in cybersecurity and the CompTIA plus exams. Jesus way to, way to crush it. Ray Sanchez. Uh, should I apply for cyber jobs directly through hiring companies, websites, or within LinkedIn? Uh, so Ray, I would say do both. I would also say a lot of companies don't get their posts on LinkedIn. You have to pay. As far as I know, you have to pay to put your job postings on LinkedIn. So there's a lot of opportunity that you won't find out about. Ray, I would also say get in chat, network with people. Uh, just the other day in chat, I think it was, uh, Monday this week, or like late last week, uh, University of uh, Texas, Dallas Information Security Office had a a GRC job they put in chat. You know what I mean? So like these things happen. All right, what else we got? Um, Any chance? Oh, hold on. I'm sorry, guys. There's like so many chats today. What kind of labs are the best to put on my resume? I was thinking AD and some network sec labs. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to be a... um, Actually, Active Directory is good, whether you're pen testing or defensive. Network Security Labs, absolutely. Katie, um, those are both very, very practical skills. You will find Active Directory at a lot of businesses. You will find Network Security Lab or networking at all businesses, frankly. So there's massive value in including those for sure. Uh, space tacos, late night show soundtrack equals the midnight. Oh my God. That would be epic. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine like Jimmy, Like I love the roots. The, I've seen the roots in concert more than any other, uh, group ever. Okay. I've seen them in concert like seven or eight times when Jimmy fell and got the roots. I was like, Oh my God. That's so BA dude. if, 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 if the late night talk show with Jerry took off, and the midnight became the house band. Oh, You know, the, uh, you know, the emoji, that's like a, a melting puddle. That would be me 100. Uh, let me see this melting. Oh my God. Melting puddle emoji. <laughs> um, yes, this is me. If they announced, if they announced that like the midnight would become my house band. Oh, like instant melt, instant melt. Oh, oh! can I just share something with you guys yesterday? I-, I-, I would love people's thoughts on this, okay? Oh, Jason Summers likes The Midnight too? Yes. I love The Midnight. Let me share this with you guys. I- I've loved The Midnight for years and years, okay? I love them. I listen to them every single day. I cannot get sick of their music, all right? They, last week, they, The Midnight, had a new website pop up and it had a countdown timer one week away. And every single day they would drop like another hint. And me and Mrs. Ozier were like, oh my God, super anxious. Like, is it a new album? Is it a single? Is it maybe some B-sides that they didn't release on the main, um, they, they just got done doing a trilogy of albums and you know they could have had some B-sides that they didn't release. And we were so excited, so excited. Yesterday it drops. It's a graphic novel. I, 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 to say I was disappointed would be an understatement. I, they don't owe me anything, but guys, I was so excited. Like, worst case scenario was going to be a single drop. Best was a new album, a graphic novel. I want to listen to The Midnight, not read The Midnight. You're killing me, smalls. All right. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Tim Koss says, hello, Gerald. Hello, Tim. Could you please talk more about building political capital? I'm gonna start a new job. What should I do in the first week, month in regards to the political capital? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, um, Tim. So, couple things. Political capital is, like when you go ask someone for a favor, whether they do it or not for you depends on your relationship and if you have any political capital with them right imagine if you will tim that um you know you started your new job and i'm like like hey like what's up uh like you're new here yeah i'm tim i'm new here oh cool like welcome to the thing hey did anyone show you like where the the kitchen is or the bathroom or any of that no all right well let me show you like really quick it's nice to meet you maybe we'll work together i don't know all right now i've just I've just given you something, right? I've given you some, some political capital uh, essential, or you've given me some political capital because I've done something for you, right? And I didn't, I didn't show you where the bathroom was and I didn't show you where the coffee was cause I'm like a master manipulator. And I'm like, Ooh, I gotta get, get this political capital train started quick on this guy. It's just, you're doing it for the sake of doing it. Now let's say, um, I, I overhear you having a challenge with like something, right? And I might, I might pop over and say, Hey, I've dealt with that same problem. Here's some, let me show you how to fix it. Or here's some resources that helped me, whatever. Okay. Again, political capital. So now fast forward and I'm like, um, having trouble with something. And I know you have, um, done it before. I could say, Hey Tim, like, you know, do do you mind? Do you have a few minutes? Can you give me to help me with this? And maybe you're super busy, Tim. Maybe you're super busy and it's not really a convenient time. Maybe you were just about to leave for the day to go for a three-day weekend, right? But you're like, ah, oh, yeah, Jerry. Like, let me let me help you out. That's me cashing in on that political capital. Now, if every single day, Tim, I was like, hey, Tim, can you help me out? Tim, can you help me out? Tim, can you stay late? Tim, can you stay late? I will exhaust all the political capital, and now I'm starting to like take water from a well that's empty, and I'm bringing up dirt in the bucket. Do you, do you see how like that political capital would get exhausted and it wouldn't work anymore? So that's political capital in a nutshell. Starting a new job. What I would say, I, well, first of all, I have a video on the channel for that. So go check out crushing your first 90 days. And if mods get chance uh, to, to drop that, please do. I got to, um, what you really should do is listen. I know this is going to sound kind of obvious, but listen, be proactive. If you're going to have, like, you're going to have some initial challenges, obviously, like, hey, like, how do we do this here? Whatever. Um, Try to um, have a solution or potential solution if you do bring a challenge and look around, listen, active listen for challenges people are having and try to be proactive to help deliver solutions. If you're driving and delivering solutions and helping out, then you're going to basically be generating political capital. Also, what I would recommend, this is what I do um, when I start a new job. I meet with my boss as soon as I possibly can, as soon as I possibly can. In fact, oftentimes I'll meet with my boss before I even start, which that's a decision you have to make for yourself. But I'll meet with my boss and I'll say, hey, listen, what are the three biggest um, challenges right now that you need help with? Like you're obviously hired me to help solve something or help uh, reduce burden or friction or whatever. What are the top three things going on right now? Because yes, I'm going to orientate myself and walk around and talk to people, but I want to start cracking on those three things immediately because there could be some quick wins there. There could be some, some, um, you know, as you're meeting people, if they say, Hey, listen, we really want to migrate from Junos um, networking gear to Cisco networking gear. And we want, we want to make sure that security is involved with that. Okay, that's cool. So now when I'm getting introduced and I meet Bsec and they're like, "Oh, here's our network engineer, uh, DJ Bsec." And Bsec's like, "Wicka, Wicka, one and two, right?" I'm like, "Oh, what's up, Bsec?" Like, "Yeah, we're probably going to be working together on that Junos to Cisco migration. Like, I like I just met you and I'm already kicking butt about how we can collaborate and how we can do these things. So I hope that helps you, Tim. Nerman Zlatnovich with the super chat."
1: just become best friends.
0: Yep. Love it. Thank you, Nerman. Hello, Dr. Ogier. Using MFA, which one is more secure? The Authenticator app or text message? Uh, 100% Authenticator app, uh, Nerman. Text message, you can get sim swapping. Um, You can get phished with the uh, text message. Uh, You can be man-in-the-middle attacked or adversarial-in-the-middle attacked. The Authenticator app, um, it's not bulletproof, but in my opinion, it is more it's a better solution, less less exposure, less risk. Yeah. Uh. Well, that's another thing. So, a couple people, like really quick, going back to the midnight and the graphic novel, a couple people in um, a, a couple people in the community, Jesse Johnson, Justin Golden, a couple others who are also hardcore avid, uh, casually Joseph, uh, excuse me, who are hardcore midnight fans. They messaged me about the graphic novel too. so like I didn't say it to them at the time. So Jesse and Joseph, I didn't say it to you at the time. but basically, I lived this disappointment with my wife as we like as we like discovered together about this graphic novel and the disappointment associated with it. And then like 30 minutes later, casually Joseph drops it on me and I just have to like relive the disappointment. <laughs> And then Jesse drops it on me. So it, it was a tough day for me in the midnight, uh, but it does, I'm, I, I am unwavered in my love for them. All right. Uh, Chris Young with a Super Chat. Did
1: we just become best friends? Yep.
0: Thanks so much. Looks like we got a Zach Hill sighting in the hizzy. Ooh. Zach Hill, everybody. <gasps> if you know, you know, he shows up his IT career questions in chat, but he is an amazing individual. Everybody... Please, let's say hello to Zach Hill. Any advice on getting a foot in the door? Been applying for all kinds of roles in cyber or infotech. Even helped us. Recently completed UCF Cyber Defense Pro Pro Cert. And this is from uh, uh, Black and Blue 94Z28. Uh, Yeah, so Black and Blue. The number one thing you can do is... um, Well, there's a couple of things you can do. Number one, you should absolutely be networking within the community. You're going to find out about job opportunities that are not even posted. The second thing you should be doing is getting practical hands-on skills. Like if you want, um, I don't know. You said you just graduated. You're applying for jobs. So I don't know if you're looking for work and you have time. But like literally black and blue. Next week, um, John Strand is doing a course which you can take for free. Where is it? Sock court. Where is it? bro, bro. sock core skills right here you can get four days of training with practical hands-on skills taught by a, a sans level instructor for free next week so black and blue that's what I would do I would get practical skills I would network within the community yes you can still apply to jobs and stuff but like I said earlier there's two ways to get a job in our industry you can you can hike up the hill with a 400 pound backpack on that's basically going through the front door and applying to jobs and everything. Or you can take the gondola with like 25 other people, have your bags on top of the gondola. You're sipping a nice uh, Earl Grey tea and just cruising up the side of the mountain. And you do that by networking and finding out about opportunities, delivering value into the network, into the community, and opportunities will present themselves. It's just, the problem is you can't predict like, oh, I'm gonna get a job in three weeks if I do X, Y, and Z. You, You have to, you just have to, you know, continue to apply, but I'm telling you, networking is super valuable. Chris Young, Zach Hill is over at Black Hills now. Yes, he he just uh, started up over there, uh, and he's already killing it. I already had a call with Zach uh, about the collaborations that I do with Anti Siphon and uh, Black Hills. Oh, by the way, Black and Blue. The link to the sock core skills is literally in the description of this video. So just go down, check it out. The gondola is so hot. That Hansel's so hot right now. <laughs> the gondola is so hot right now. Is that even the right word to use, gondola? I feel like I might be dating myself dating myself a bit. But uh, John is so funny as a teacher. I can recommend just based on how he sees if you are paying attention. Exactly. Yeah, John Strand is amazing as a teacher, too. He's an amazing person. He's an amazing professional. He's an amazing teacher. Uh, he's very inspiring. Uh Thrift Daddy Kane, Thrift Daddy Kane. It's John Strand and it's Sock Core Skills. I'm going to drop a link in chat to Anti-Siphon Training. So that's a link to Anti-Siphon Training right there. Like you'll have to go one step deeper to get in there, uh but you'll you'll love it. Trust me. Nick. Sign up in the description. Be- look at, hold on. Let me let me just do this directly for everybody. Here, look, I'm going to do this step-by-step, okay? Here's the link in chat. Here's SOC Core Skills right here. I'm going to click on this. Here is what it looks like, SOC Core Skills. Starts February 5th at 11 a.m. I'm going to scroll down. I'm going to register for live training, okay? I'm going to click that button. Here we go. I'm going to fill out this form. I'm not going to do it, but now you will notice right away that there, I say it could be for free, but the lowest item says $25. If you would like to pay for $0, right here for tuition assistance, click here. This is how you get it for $0, okay? You will be very happy if you take this course, believe me. Registering is so hot right now. That
1: ass is (laughs) so hot right now.
0: Registering is so high. Like, listen, I'm literally wearing a Black Hills t shirt right now. I had a Black Hills hoodie on earlier. I love this company. I think they do amazing work and they're part of just such a kick. At, uh, sorry, Kennedy. We almost got through a whole show without swearing. What does Ms. O- Mrs. Ozier think about married to a celeb? You know what I'll tell you about Mrs. Ozier? She keeps me incredibly grounded. I love my wife, my wife is the best. Zach Hill will be there with the class with John. Absolutely. Yep, 25 uh, bucks gets you the cert. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. Let's see we got another question. All right. We're almost at 930. So uh, we're going to have to end it here in just a minute. Like I said, Cyber 101 is going to be coming online probably uh, later, uh, early next week. I-, I sent Kimberly. I don't know if she saw yet. I sent Kimberly a, a demo of the uh, the promo video. Uh, ZMF. ZMF's wife's the best. Okay. Definitely uh, subjective, but that's okay. Uh, Raniel Isaac says, thanks for bringing these amazing trainings to us. Active defense training is so fun and we're learning so much from John. Yeah. hundred percent guys. Here's the thing. Just really quickly. I've been telling you for weeks about active defense, cyber deception and SOC core skills. Yeah. Anti siphon is a sponsor. Anti siphon does pay me money to have their logo and stuff, but I am honored and privileged and, and, and super, super pumped to be able to, Tell you about these things. I love that. Tra- I've taken the training. I made a video. They didn't ask me to make a video. I made a video because I thought it was that awesome. So to me, I'm just winning because I get to do this show and I get to pay my bills and I get to partner and align with really, really inspiring, righteous companies like Black Hills. Mr. Greenreads is signing up. Wonderful, Mr. Greenreads. You're gonna love it. Thanks, Juwan Hart. Mrs. Ozier is actually sitting off camera, making sure he only says nice things. <laughs> I tried to bring Mrs. Ozier on stream the other day um, when she brought the the hundred th- the silver play button. I gotta tell you, she was wearing a Simply Cyber hoodie though when she came in. Uh, but she didn't want to be on camera. All right. Chris Whitlock is saying the OSI is a lie. Rob Graham's got a pretty good uh rant on on uh Twitter about that. oh thanks, Zach kill. I love Zach kill. Do I have a good sound effect for for that? I guess this would be good right here that's my that's that's gonna be the temporary. I love uh Zach kill sounder. um let's see Louisa B says she agrees no, hey, so. Louisa B is agreeing with Chris Whitlock. Guys, I will say the OSI model is not 100% accurate, but it is an incredibly valuable um, concept to learn. Specifically, the network layer and the transport layer. The, the, the lies of the OSI stack, that's happening up at the presentation session layer. Right. The reality, guys, I, I'm actually going to stand up. No one asked me to fight for the OSI model, but I'm going to fight for them right now. The transport layer, the network layer, the data link layer, those layers are incredibly important to understand. Network layer and transport layer are ultra important to understand. And, you know, I would argue, you know, IP addresses are super important, but like the transport layer with like the fla- the TCP flags and stuff, there's a lot of like... um Nonsense you can do in there, okay? So I stand with OSI model. <laughs> what else we got? Mrs. Osher should come on wearing a hacker hoodie and dark glasses to hide her identity, yeah. Uh, hey, Jen blank X, no big deal if you missed the news. Um, <laughs> I would say, uh, Jen blank X, there was no meltdowns, I didn't get spicy. Uh, you know, some good security research, couple of volumes, ransomware, 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 you know how it goes. John Strand says the OSI Maya model is absolute dookie. Oh no. Uh, you know who I'm not going to argue with? John Strand. Uh, layer two is where the switches are and layer three is the routers. Yep, exactly. I stand with OSI, yes. All right, hold on. Valentino's got something. Mrs. Osher, oh yeah, Mrs. Osher, come on with a hacker hoodie and all that. I will tell you, Mrs. Osher's got a Recca hoodie. Mrs. Osher, like I wear cybersecurity merch all the time. So does so does Mrs. Osher and my kids. We're 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 a cybersecurity merch family. Uh, all right, Jesse Johnson's gonna go dad it up. Love it, love it, love it. Hey, if you watch with your kids. If the daily cyber threat briefing is part of, you know, your your family experience, I know a lot of you uh, do breakfast with the children or drive to school with the kids. I do make it. Um, I try to make it as entertaining and as accessible to children as I do for adults. Uh, so for those who uh, include their kids, I know Base Case includes his. I know Estella includes hers. I know Kathy Chambers includes hers. Um, you know. Thanks so much, uh, and uh, really, really appreciate you um, bringing you know bringing your family to the show. It's all about good times. All right, all right, guys. I'm gonna get out of here. Jid, yeah. So, I mean, I, what I would say is there's like the TCP/IP model, which basically is just a condensed version of the OSI model with very little attention paid to the application. Uh, the top three layers. Mr. Green has got his 10-year-old and his 14-year-old there. Way to go. Curiosity for life. His daughter loves Worldwide Wednesday. World Wednesday. That's what I'm saying. Shout out to all the, the, the kids in, in chat. You guys are doing, you guys are crushing it. Oh, nice. Nathan Boland's kid loves the soundboard. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks, QDEP. I appreciate it. You guys are the best. Louisa B's kids want to go. Oh, nice. I I just, I'm not going to bring it on stream, but uh, I just got a picture of uh, Jesse Johnson and his daughter live in chat. So that's awesome. Be good, everybody. Sparrow. Love it. Hey, guys. um, Be well. Have a great, great uh, Wednesday. Congratulations on Worldwide Wednesday. Going around the world. We straight crushed it. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, do me a favor and stay secure. Later, everyone. If you enjoyed that content, keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.